0: Hello and welcome to your parent-teacher conference. This is Coach Cullen, your host. Typically, we talk about educational issues. And I would love for you to come back or wait about a week and we'll be back on topic. But I decided to give my listeners a holiday. Teachers, are your digital assignments getting lost in the black hole of a digital folder? Can I suggest a solution? FanSchool. FanSchool is a safe and social learning network where students own and share their learning. Think of FanSchool as a digital bulletin board for your students' work. Take a look. Go to fan.school today. That is fan.school. And imagine what your classroom space will look like on FanSchool. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference where a 24-7 parent and full-time teacher discusses issues and concerns from both points of view in an attempt to bridge the gap for the sake of kids. So relax, grab a coffee or other comfort drink, and let's talk about it. So for those of you who don't know, I am a full-time teacher, but I'm a 24-7 parent, and doing a podcast every day, or almost every day for the last two weeks, has been really tough, and I've mentioned that before if you listen to earlier podcasts, and if this is the first, if you just happen to find this and the topic intrigued you, welcome. I hope you enjoy what you're listening to, and hopefully you will go back to some of the earlier episodes. We talked about things like, who was the best Scrooge? What is the best Christmas hymn? You know, Yesterday was, what was the best novelty? Chris, no, was it yesterday? See, I can't, I'm losing track of days. One of the days recently was, what is the best uh, Christmas novelty song? We also did, what is the best Christmas tradition? And maybe you've enjoyed it so much that you're going to start listening regularly when I go back to... Educational issues, which will be next week. I, I would love I love hearing from my listeners. Some reach out to me through Twitter, others through Facebook. Others I know, so they kind of come up to me and they go oh, I really like you know what you talked about there. And some just email me. If you'd like to email me, please feel free. It's at PTC Podcast four one one all one word. PTC podcast four one one at gmail.com. That's P is in Parent. T is in teacher, C is in conference, podcast411 at gmail.com. So, as I'm getting near the end of the special edition here, the special group of episodes about the 12 days of Christmas arguments, it's kind of funny. It's kind of serving as an advent calendar because as I'm getting closer to the end, we're getting closer to Christmas Day. So. And, they, and they, my anticipation and hope is, I got to be honest, right now is getting this done, getting it over, I, I think there is going to be a sense of relief for me because it kind of budget time to do these every day has been difficult. But at the same time, I want to end well. I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I've shared this before on podcasts. This is a hobby of mine. I don't really make money off of this at all. I do have a sponsor, and I'm grateful for Fan School, and they do provide me with their service so I can use it with my students. And I encourage you to check out Fan School. But you know, it's not a money-making venture. Maybe someday it will be, and you know that'd be great. But for right now, it's just a hobby that I enjoy doing, and it stops me from rattling on to my wife about different topics that she may or. Usually may not want to want to listen to. In fact, maybe maybe these series of podcasts are like her Christmas gift that she doesn't need to hear me talk about. It, but you do. Well, I hope you do. I hope you want to. So today we we are going to talk about what is the best holiday TV episode. You know, and this is there's a lot more of these than movies. So I'm definitely going to miss one of your favorites. So, and I apologize about that. You know, as I, as I started even thinking about them, I started going on the internet to be remind myself. Before I even did that, I started going through the different Christmas episodes that I remember watching since I was a little kid till 2022. And there are a lot. And then when I went on the internet, you know, I taped in what are the best TV episodes, holiday TV episodes, I was reminded of even more that I missed. So, I'm going to throw some out there. think one you may not have heard of one will be recent and it's gonna be the Christmas episode is gonna land somewhere between 1950 and 2022 it's, it's 72 years I am gonna mention something from the 50s the 60s the 70s do I have an eight yeah 80s I don't know if I have a 90s one definitely have a aughts. so let's start with the 60s one and it was this show was popular but probably even became more popular in syndication. And it's about a family. And when, and as I've been doing this series of episodes, I can tell you that that's one of the recurring themes around Christmas is family. So this the show overall was about a one family, about a bunch, the Brady bunch. And in their first season, they do an episode where carol the mom is supposed to sing at her church christmas service but she has laryngitis and so the dad mike who is you know and you know, we always think sherwin schwartz did a great job here he never really got stuck in the weeds of the details of how mike and carol got together who was mike's first wife who is carol's first husband he just presented a family that you realize is a blended family, and it just is what it is, and they don't get. And you just came to accept it, rather than trying to make some. I mean, you don't think you're watching us? I think that's one of the problems with TV shows today, and even anything entertaining. It's almost like they want to punch you in the face with social commentary, but the Brady Bunch was very. If you think about it, it was very provocative for its time. We were looking at families that weren't blended, right? Mom, dad, kids. That was like the nuclear family. But we just came to accept the Bradys as they were. And they did give you enough background to realize, especially in that first year, that it was a family of a dad with three boys, family of a mom with three girls coming together. I think Sherwin Schwartz... Got to be given a big thumbs up for that. He's also the guy who created Gilligan's Island, if you didn't know that. Going back to the Christmas episode. So, Mike, the stepdad, because it's the first season, so some of the storylines did deal with that. Mike, the stepdad, brings the youngest daughter, Cindy, to see Santa. And Santa asks Cindy, like every Santa does at department store, what do you want for Christmas? And Cindy goes, "I I like my mom to have her voice back she has to sing in the the christmas service for christmas and santa looks skeptical and he's like i don't know i'll see what i can do And even even the father kind of lets you know cindy you know santa might not be able to give you that you know the whole idea of being selfless at christmas it wasn't about a toy it was about her mom getting her voice back and of course at the end of the episode we we you know all of a sudden, she's in bed and she thinks, "I think I feel better." And she lets out a note, and a scene cuts to the church. She's singing the solo. You know, the, the classic line is Cindy saying, "Of course he can. He's Santa Claus, or something to that effect." So that that was a very, you know, I think just show because how how popular that show was for many of us who are in my generation, like Gen X. That has to be listed as one of the one of the best, but not the best. During the is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Um, discussion, if you can look back on that, if you missed it, that's one of our episodes, is Die Hard, a Christmas movie. I I talked about Bruce Willis and shared that he really came to national attention in a show called Moonlighting. If you've never seen Moonlighting, go and watch it. They had several Christmas episodes. One of them I was reminded of when I looked up the best of episodes, but it's not going to be my favorite of the two that I remember. And it was a it was during the first season I believe or maybe the second but first it was early and it again kind it of showed the cleverness of the show basically they had a secretary at the detect Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard played detectives Sybil Shepherd owned the agency they had a a single secretary named Agnes and Agnes was played wonderfully by Alice Beasley the actress Alice Beasley and she's You've seen her. If you don't know, look her up. When you see her face, you're like, oh, gosh, I've seen her. She's she's not going to be a star actress. She's going to be a character actor in many shows. My, she played I, I, the, one of my favorite sitcom scenes of all time she is in. It's an episode of Cheers. She's Coach's daughter. And just typing, Coach, Cheers, Coach's daughter talk like on a YouTube search and watch that scene it's powerful both the um the guy who played coach whose name slips me off in my mind right now and Alice Beasley portray a father and daughter and their love for one another just perfectly um go watch that but anyway back to moonlighting so it's not even an episode I really want to talk about but she is a single secretary. She winds up with a baby. they got to find out who is this child. And in the episode, they have these three people. They're the kings, three kings. And they keep on putting references to Christmas throughout in very sly ways like that. Again, the single person winding up with a child, right? In immaculate conception. So a lot of people cite that episode, even though Moonlighting wasn't a huge show for many people. Many people might not even know what it is today. They cite it still as one of the best Christmas episodes, but mine is actually one they do a. I think it's the next year or the year after. It's called "It's a Wonderful Job." It's a takeoff of "It's a Wonderful Life." So the story goes that Maddie Hayes, played by Sybil Shepherd, her accountant basically steals everything from her. She has nothing but this detective agency, and it's she was a mo- she's supposed to be a supermodel. It kind of like as she's aging out of that. And all she has is the detective agency. It gives her a lot of headaches and a lot of tension. And she just, she wishes for Christmas. She has a bad day. And she comes into the office. They all want to celebrate Christmas. And she gets mad at them because they're not doing any work. And it's almost like at that point, she comes like Scrooge. And she demands that all the Christmas decorations get taken down. And this one employee talks back to her and he fires her, fi- she fires him. And he says, I don't, I, you can't cause I quit. And he, she just, I wish I never kept this agency open. And then an angel comes and it's like, a, it, at that point it becomes, it's a wonderful life where the angel shows her what everybody's life w- would have been like for Agnes, the secretary she gets to be an executive, and you think that's all great, until she watches the interaction between her and this other guy who just happened to come together. Even she, she starts a because she's always when she picks up the phone, she always rhymes. So she starts a greeting card company. She she's known for her clever wit in the lines because she's always known for her clever wit when she picks up the phone and always welcomes people on the phone with these rhymes and this guy that works also in the original detective agency office winds up working for her for this greeting card company and in the original timeline they're flirtatious there you can see it's young love falling in love with each other but in this timeline she's cold to him and sybil shepherd realizes but that's not her she has a soft tender heart what happened to her well, that's what happens when she no longer works at agency. Of course, David Addison, played by Bruce Willis, his life becomes better. I mean, he starts dating Cheryl Teagues. If you don't know who Cheryl Teagues is, she was a supermodel of the 80s. You know, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, pinup girl, everything. And you know, and you would think that, and they do play on the fact that Maddie Hayes, Sybil Shepherd's character would probably have been a model rival of hers during that time period. And, but for Maddie Hayes, her life spins into depression without it. And she realizes, even though the detective agency, it's, it's a great spin she, it's not that she made everybody's life better. In fact, you could argue that she made David Addison's life a little bit worse. He would have been a little pampered because he had all this money now and he was marrying a beautiful supermodel. But the twist is that she realizes not that she made everybody's life else's life better like george bailey does but that little detective agency that was the cause of all of her headaches make her life better and it's just a great spin cuz i think that's a great christmas message you know it's they always say it's better to give than to receive but sometimes i don't think we realize that we're receiving we're receiving a lot from the people around us. We, you know, the other day I walk into school and I see one of my colleagues, my my best friend in the school, but I didn't know it was her. She had her back turned to me and she usually has straight hair. So I see this woman with her back turned to me opening up my friend's classroom door at the beginning of the day. And I'm looking and then finally she turned her head a little bit. I'm like, oh, I go, it's you. I didn't realize it was you. You, you're, she had, she, um, she put some waves in her hair that morning. I'm like, your hair isn't straight this morning. She goes, thanks for being observant. And I'm like, hey, don't get used to it. I'm usually, but I think where a lot of times we do miss the subtle little things, especially when it's other people going out of their way for us, making our lives better. And, it, and we're too quick to point out all the little headaches. And i that's why I believe it's a wonderful job. It's on YouTube if you look for it. So I'm not going to ruin the ending. The ending is perfect. But it's a wonderful job. Moonlighting. If you haven't got seen Moonlighting, recommend it. Now let's go to a... Since I went to a... More of an obscure TV show that, that if you're older than... Younger than me, you may not have heard of. Let me go to one that you probably have. Even if you haven't watched it. Because it's on Apple TV. It's Ted Lasso. And their Christmas episode is one of the best. If you don't know, Ted Lasso was based on NBC commercials from a few years ago promoting the premier league and the idea was an american football like american football coach goes to england and becomes a soccer coach or as they would call football coach and it's it's comedy dramedy it's touching carol the bells was an add-on what i've learned is they create it, it's really separate from the rest of the season. The season tells a whole story, and the season's about nine episodes. But they decided to add two more. And they added after reduction was done, they added this episode called Carol the Bells. And it deals with three storylines. One is this guy Higgins, who's the general manager. He and his family are gonna have a quiet Christmas at home. But then some of the soccer players who are foreign nationals, they're not from England, they can't be home for the holidays. So they crash. His Christmas party, or Christmas dinner with just his close family, and of course, hijinks occurs. But it's it's you know it's great because of the fact that you know it's this huge party of togetherness. And then you have Roy Kent, the crotchety Roy Kent, the former soccer star in, in England. He and his girlfriend we're gonna have a romantic Christmas, and then his sister drops off his niece. And his niece has bad breath, and it's the whole idea of trying to clean up her breath, on giving her a gift on Christmas to clean up her breath because a boy made fun of her. And then the owner of the team, Rebecca and Ted, who are both divorcees, she was supposed to go do something with Elton John. She decides to spend time with her fellow divorcee. And, of course, it all comes together at Higgins' house. And Higgins makes the comment that sometimes, you know, the, you know, your family can kind of be created in different ways, and it's just a neat way. Again, now, it's I'm not gonna get more into the details. Go watch it. But it's the idea that, again, that it's a running Christmas theme, isn't it? That we want to be together. We have human, the human experience, the totality, what makes us. The same, in many ways, is the desire to be with others, and Christmas heightens that. And I know for some that's a very depressing time because they're not with others. That's why I always say, if you know somebody who won't be with others, reach out. You don't know what that will do for them. I'm seeing about the 20-minute mark, almost, and I haven't even gotten to the best. And i got a couple more to say, so I'm going to say them quickly. Twilight Zone Christmas episode with Art Carney playing the drunk Santa... And you realize he's a drunk because he looks at only all the negative and bad things in the world. And it's just a horrible place. And that is why he is a he gets fired. He finds this sack. And all of a sudden, he realizes he can pull out of the sack gifts that people want. He truly becomes Santa Claus. And it's, you know, Twilight Zone could go one way or the other. Like, the, the main character of the story, King get his just desserts, or the main character can win at the end. And it, it's a win-in-the-end episode. Definitely one of the top Christmas episodes. The Office. In terms of a slew of Christmas episodes, I would say The Office did it well. I, I said on an earlier episode, I think it's almost like the, the Office writers said to themselves, Okay, all year we're going to plan the Christmas episode because everyone's good. Some are better than others. The first one, where it looked with the Yankee swap, there's a Yankee swap, and Jim originally was supposed to be just a straight on gift exchange, and he was going to give a teapot to Pam. This is before they were dating, and he had a note in it just to her, especially to her. Of course, Michael flows up the plans because he changes it into a Yankee swap, and now he. Now, Jim has to figure out a way to get that teapot over to Pam because the notes in it. And a lot of people love that episode because there's a lot of humor with it. You're only supposed to buy a small gift. And Michael becomes that guy who blows the budget and buys that iPod for, for Ryan. And you know they introduce us to different traditions. They have a Moroccan Christmas. But the one I really like is Dwight's Christmas because Dwight introduces a lot of Americans to Belschnickel and Belschnickel is from Germany and he as Dwight said, Belschnickel comes in with a switch, a little tree branch and he gives a get, gift to the good girls and boys and he hits the impish and he keeps on hitting Jim and you realize it's one of those episodes, there's always tension between Jim and Dwight and, he keep, and he's not hitting Jim because he doesn't like him He's hitting Jim because Jim is leaving for another job. And he's leaving the Christmas party, the one time where the whole office staff came together. And even, even though Dwight sees all of them as inferior to himself, he still, you realize it's, you know, Rain Wilson does a great job of portraying Dwight. And by the end, the character is so fleshed out, you realize the complexity of Dwight. That even though he sees himself superior to everybody else, wrongly. That's the joke. He still appreciates everyone. And he loves the tightness togetherness. The In fact, Dwight's final statement on the last episode of The Office is him going through how he truly sees the rest of the staff. And it comes through. So, even though he's whacking Jim and Dwight Christmas, you realize Dwight's a really good guy. The Office did that great. They introduced things that you may not know of in other cultures. They had a Moroccan Christmas. But the other episode they did wasn't a Christmas episode. It was Diwali. One of the office workers, Kelly, was Hindu. She was played by Mindy Kaling. And they do a Diwali episode. And and Now, now I've never experienced Diwali or celebrated it, but I've taught it because I'm a history teacher, geography teacher, part of the Indian culture, Hindu culture. But I think a lot of Americans for the first time who weren't Hindu got to see the Wally, got to know what the Wally was all about through a comedy show, and I think that's great. I'm going to throw out two cartoon episodes that you should watch they are worth it. If you've never heard of it, Pinky and the Brain, one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Their Christmas episode is wonderful. The brain is always trying to take over the world. They're they're laboratory mice. They're trying to take, brain's trying to take over the world. Um, His buddy, Pinky, always messes things up for him. Well, Well, you find out a lot of times it's not Pinky. He's just frustrated. It's usually the Brain. But in this episode, Brain realized the value of his friend Pinky. So that's a great episode. The Simpsons, the first episode of The Simpsons, still a classic. Uh, The one where they're saving up money for it by Christmas presents, but then Bart gets a tattoo with mom on it because he believes that his mom would love it as a Christmas present. He has a tattoo with her name on, on it. And they have to pay for him to get it removed. And it takes away all their Christmas money. But um, Homer thinks he's going to get his bonus. But, of course, he doesn't get the bonus. And there's a racetrack involved. And a you no know, uh, horse... Uh, not horse racing. Greyhound racing. So, anyway. Watch it. But the best Christmas episode of all time. And I know I missed some of those. I tried to rattle off. I got kind of caught in the weeds. I mean, some... Some of these shows I mentioned today, I just like Moonlighting, I love Moonlighting. I got the whole DVD, the complete series of it. I mean, I love just taking it out sometimes and watching it. So hopefully I introduced you to that show because it, 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 it's just a great show. But anyway, I'm losing myself again. The best television Christmas episode ever is from one of the classic shows of the late 70s, early 80s. And it's Happy Days. And it's from, I think it could be the first season, 1974. And it's called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And I've done this a couple times in this series of episodes where I talk about a movie or a song, and I say it's because of what occurred after. Like, I'll give you an example. When I did the best novelty Christmas song, a lot of the reason I chose what I chose, and you got to go listen to it to find out what I chose, was because of what happened afterwards from that song. And I'm going to say that this episode is great because it starts fleshing out the Fonz. It's, now, I do believe that as, as Happy Days continued, Fonz became too much of a superhero-type character for me. But early on, the establishment of the Fonz's friendship with Richie that, that was good. That I really appreciated that bond that they had. You know, originally, I, be, I believe I read that the creator, Gary Marshall, had intended Potsy and Richie to be best friends. And if you watch the earlier episodes of Happy Days, you see that. And eventually, Potsy becomes this buddy-buddy, kind of carefree guy, likes girls, to this dimwit because they needed a different role for potsy because Fonzie became that friendship character. I don't know if this series would have lasted as long with Patsy as it does with Fonzie because of the conflicting personalities. You know, potsy was just a more jovial Richie. You know, Ralph, the redhead, played by Donnie Most, was the cut-up, was your class clown. I mean, he had a role. So they became... They make Patsy into the dimwit because he needed something for him. Because the friendship that was growing, that we came to love, was between Fonzie and Richie. And there's a lot of, I'm not going to get into it, but there's a lot of episodes where you can see that. Especially the one that Richie gets into the accident with the motorcycle. If you don't know, look it up. But we Fonzie doesn't go to high school. He works in an auto garage. You don't know much about his family. He's the cool guy. He's set apart from all the high school kids, and slowly the gang starts mixing with Fonzie. But he's always that aloof character. He's he's like the he's the James Dean character. In fact, that's who Fonzie kind of emulates. So Richie and his dad go to Fonzie's garage, and. They talk to Fonzie, ask him, what he's, what's he doing for the holidays? He's like, oh, I'm going up to Waukesha with my family. It's going to be great. We have this big, and he describes this great Christmas celebration. Then as Richie and Dad leave, Richie realizes as he gets into the car, oh, I forgot to give Fonzie a gift. So he runs back, and he looks in the window before he knocks on the door, and he sees Fonzie heating up a can of SpaghettiOs. And he basically tells his dad, I don't think Fonzie's going anywhere. I don't think he has anywhere to go. So, now remember, and it's supposed to play off the fact that to his dad and mom, Fonzie is this hoodlum type guy, right? They really don't want their son, you know, emulating Fonzie. They would like them to stay away. But at the same time, hey, he fixes cars really well. But he Richie talks his dad into inviting Fonzie. And it's a type, and Fonzie's like, oh, as long as I can make the bus to Waukesha by this time, I'm good. And so they bring Fonzie over, and he gets. And this is one of the rare episodes of Happy Days we still see Chuck, the older brother. That he, I mean, I think he's either in the witness protection program or he's on a milk carton box. So we have no clue what happened to Chuck. But Chuck is in this episode. So they come come home with Fonzie. He gets involved in the Cunningham family traditions. It's throwing to snow harder out. And so, Fonzie, I got to leave. You know, I got to leave. And Mrs. Cunningham goes, I'm going to be paraphrasing here. Fonzie, you're staying. That's just it. You're, you know, I don't want to hear another word. You're staying. And I love Henry Winkler as an actor. I mean, you could see it in his face. And, that's, and again, that's why Fonzie became the Fonz, right? He just has a stoic look, like this little edge of toughness. He goes... Hey, Mrs. C, you know, my mom was the only one who ever talked to me like that. The only one who ever got away with it. Until you. And at that moment, you get, you you see the beginning. That is the genesis of the Fonz's relationship with the Cunninghams. The care that they have for him and he has for them. And that's going to drive Happy Days until, again, like I said, where they said they jumped the shark. These are not the jump the shark years. This is what I think catapults Happy Days into the show it is. You have the diversity of the two main characters, the Fonz and Richie, who society would say they shouldn't be friends. They should be walking in, you know, Richie was academic. He was going off to college. The Fonz dropped out, and they did episodes on that, right? And he's going to be a mechanic. But yet, you see the mutual respect for one another, the love for one another. You see that each one has different strengths and weaknesses. Even the Fonz has weaknesses that Richie fills. Richie is almost like his chimney cricket, his conscience. And they, and then when we look at the whole Cunningham family with the Fawns, he, they, they all make each other better. And again, it's. Not just, it really sets Happy Days up to be the show it becomes. I think that episode does it. Because it creates the relationship between the Cunninghams and the Fonz. And it goes back to this running theme. If you haven't listened to the previous 10 days, you'll see a running theme that I keep on returning to. And I have to admit, when I started doing these 12 episodes... I had no clue where it was going to take me. I had some ideas of what topics I wanted to cover. But in terms of this running theme, I did not go into it saying, oh, I'm going to be talking about family a lot. But that episode of Happy Days makes the viewer realize that we are watching a family's love for one another being so great, it can take... An outcast like Fonzie in, and not see him as inferior, but see him as equal and just as deserving of their love. How is that not a wonderful message during the Christmas season? Thank you for joining me on the Parent Teacher Conference podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this podcast with friends. They can be teachers, they can be parents, they can be someone who's just interested in education and parenting. If you have a comment, a question, or an idea for a future topic, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Remember, a good teacher cares deeply for their students, but good parents love those students, their children, Deeply.